0: Wow, right? Wow was all I could say during the UFC main card the other day. Now, I was at a football game, so I didn't really get to watch the prelims as well as I wanted to. And I'll probably catch up on that uh, later on this week. But I saw the entire main card, and wow is all I could say. None of the fights went the way I thought they were going to be exactly. Except for Chimayev. Pretty much knew that that was going to happen in some sort of fashion. But starting with the card opener with Johnny Walker. Now, um, you would think Brazilian. Um, he does train at SPG, the place where Conor trains. And I wouldn't say they're Jiu-Jitsu masters in Ireland, just in general. But I did not see... Johnny Walker submitting Eon Ion Kutilaba because just the way that they both fought. Right? Kutilaba was a wild guy. He would swing for the fences. He would try to knock you out. And the same thing with Johnny Walker. Some of the unpredictability of him and he's 6'6. He's the tallest uh light heavyweight in the UFC at the moment. So you would think that his best path for victory is keeping on the outside. Um, boxing him at length instead of trying to get in close because he's a he's shorter than him and he's more compact i would say he's more built like a wrestling type of person not like a wrestler necessarily but his limbs are shorter he's more compact he's more like a tyson rather than johnny walker being like a john jones you don't see john jones trying to get on your inside and dirty box you up but I did not see a rear naked choke coming, especially the way that he did. Elon, when I was watching the replay, he kind of looked like he was confused. He was like, what? This dude was supposed to fight me, not submit me. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy to see. And then the whole debacle of Johnny Walker and them getting kicked out of the hotel or whatever. And I'm, I'm hearing two sides of the story. They're just like, oh, yeah, we can't even watch the fight. They won't let us stay. And then um, Dana White goes, it's like, we've been taking them out. I don't know what's going on. They might have done something. Somebody didn't tell me anything. So I haven't got the full story on that. So I'm going to stop really speaking on it. Um, The next fight, Irene Aldana versus Macy Chasson. Now, in my preview, in my pre-fight predictions or talk, Uh, I didn't know how this fight was going to go. It was kind of a middle of the road. I know Aldana had been on more of a streak than Macy Chasson, but for the first time in UFC history, I think at least in uh, women's mixed martial arts, an upkick to the liver knockout. And at first when it happened, uh, you just see, it's literally like any situation when the fighters on the ground and the other fighters rushing in, you know, they just kind of Throw the leg kicks out there and hopefully it connects enough for somebody to stop trying to attack you. But she threw an up left kick that hit her square in the liver. And at first, you're like, Oh, did she get hit? And, um, uh, I don't know how it is for girls because you don't have balls, but I thought she got kicked there and she just fell over. And we were like, What's going on? And you could hear Herzog on the mic saying, Are you okay? And she's like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. And then when they showed the replay, she kicked her square in the liver. Never seen that before. You always see the left hook, the left kick, you know, a punch. But you never think of an up kick when the person has their back flat on the ground and they're kicking straight up towards you. You don't think that kind of impact would knock you out, but... I've never been hitting the liver before, but I've seen it plenty of times in real life. Um, it's just like how cardio will make a weak man out of anybody in the later rounds. A, hit, a swift hit to the liver, and your body will not want to continue. Then the next fight up, uh, I think Li Ji, Ying and, uh, Li Ji Liang sorry, and Daniel Rodriguez uh, catch weight. But I think... Um, Lee was the only one that had to move up a lot of weight. Like, there was a significant difference. I think he was a little bit more than 10 pounds. And for the most part, Lee was the more active, in my opinion. Now, I have to watch this again because the result was Daniel Rodriguez by um, decision, which I always watch the fights on mute. So, there's no commentator. Bias, like I don't need any of that excitement. I love fighting. Fighting in general is exciting for me. I don't need to hear fighting or commentary to understand what's going on. I can see it. You can make slight predictions like I do sometimes. I didn't know how this fight was going to go because neither fighter are super exciting. They're both decent. They get work done and they fight through everything. But I did not see... What made Daniel Rodriguez get the nod? I think they're, if I look here, their striking is pretty similar. If anything, Lee got one takedown out of one attempt. There was no knockdowns. Um, Looks like Daniel Rodriguez threw a little more strikes, but it, I don't know. Might have just been a volume thing. I'm not there. I'm not a judge. But a lot of people were thinking the same thing. They were like, what is going on? Why did Daniel Rodriguez get the nod? Either way, Li Ji Liang. All these fights, by the way, other than Irene Aldona and Johnny Walker. All these fights happened on a day notice because of Hamza missing weight. So, kudos to everybody at the top of the card. That's just like saying... um, we were supposed to play the Raiders, but now you're playing the 2000 Ravens defense. Sorry, uh, figure it out and go. <laughs> right? Like, you, you're, you took months, weeks to plan for this one specific person. Then, literally, 24 hours before, it's like, nope, you're fighting this guy now. So, hats off to everybody. Lee did a great job. I mean, Daniel, same thing. I'm not taking away anything from him. He, Changed opponents on day notice too. It doesn't matter if he's smaller. You don't. You weren't preparing for a guy that was doing what Kevin Holland is. Kevin Holland and Lee Jiu do not fight like the same person. With that being said, I thought Kevin Holland would put up a little bit of a better fight than what he did against Hamza. Now his defense on the ground is pretty good. You can see it's eminent that Kevin Holland is a pretty good jiu jitsu practitioner, but. The buzzsaw, which is Hamza Chemaev, kept moving him over, turning him around, moving him over, turning him around, and then all of a sudden, that Dar's choke kind of cinches up real tight, and he had no chance of surviving, which, you know, like I said on Twitter, my heart goes to Kevin Holland, because Hamza was eight pounds over, not like two pounds over, eight, and there. Joe did a really good job of trying to get an answer out of him. and Because he just kept, you know, how he does. He just yells and it's like everybody gets excited. But no one was really excited for him this time. So Joe got him to answer. He was like, yeah, the doctor came up and told me I had to stop cutting. I thought I could keep going. So it wasn't in pure, like, stupidity that Hamza didn't make the weight. And, you know, a lot of those international guys, they just make weight by all means necessary, right? Um, I never wrestled. I only did weightlifting, and I never cut more than half a kilo, kilo, and that's just because I have a lot of salt. You drink some water, you can just you know get that salt out of your body. But I never went by any means necessary to get down. I didn't believe in getting in on sauna. Like, why would you try to lose all that weight just to be? maybe have a chance at eighth place, right? Or something like that. And I know everybody that does a a weight category sport is like, oh, there's an advantage of being a bigger guy. I'm like, well, technically you both are 100 pounds or whatever. I'm just using 100 as an example. Like both of you weigh the same. So what you weigh three weeks ago is not going to affect you here. It might make you even weaker because you have to lose more weight than the other guy. But he said he could cut those last eight pounds with the doctor, let him, or made him quit. Either way, didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. And, you know, Hamzad's still that guy. He he said he just trained for everybody. And for him to take him down literally in like .2 seconds, let me see how many takedowns he attempted. Because, yeah, he took, he attempted five takedowns in three minutes now if you i've tackled people that's not necessarily a takedown but think about doing that while someone's trying to actively fight you and resisting (laughs) one strike and one significant strike that's hilarious but again no strikes absorbed kevin holland failed to notch a, a stat in the fight but now, we'll see what happens with Hamza. They want him to move up to 185, um, which he's a tall guy. He should, but, you know, there's you can't control somebody. Um, if, if you sign the contract at a weight, they should make that weight. Unfortunately, he didn't, and this is what just happened. But he buzzed through Kevin Holland like he was nothing. Now, the main event, Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. Now, I've been watching... UFC since about 2003. So these names are pretty familiar. Their careers are historic. They did really good at everything that they did. With that being said, watching this fight kind of just looked like two high-level, tired guys fighting each other because someone's barbecue was better. (laughs) Like, it didn't... You know, Nate won... Which I thought was going to happen. Because Tony Ferguson's just, you know, he's lost a step. He's not, I wouldn't say he's lost a passion. He's still game. He will fight till the last bell, until he's submitted, until he's finished. But I really don't want to see either of them fight anything again. It doesn't really make sense. I hope that they don't. Uh, Nate Diaz said he wanted to go to a different sport and dominate. He's almost 40, and it's not like he dominated anybody in the UFC to begin with. So who knows what's going to happen with that one. And Tony, I don't know how many fights left he got on his contract, but that's five in a row that he's lost, I think. Let me quickly check on his Wikipedia. But five losses, I mean... smiling Sam Alvey, I don't know how he hung on and kept going after six losses. But I don't care what anybody says. Like if you're if you're losing even if it's to high level competition, you're losing to the people that you should be like in competition with. So his his um, losses start like right when the pandemic started. May 9th, he lost to Justin Gagey. Justin Gagey treat him like a punching bag. Charles Oliveira was ragdolling him on the ground. Benil Darius again, ragdolling him on the ground. Michael Chandler, again, he is a wrestler, got front kicked in the face, KO. And then now to Nate Diaz, which, honestly, I don't even know how Nate Diaz gets up to fight sometimes, just the way that he... X. Um, I mean, he's a professional company man. He does the things right. He gets stuff done. But, I mean, he's lost five in a row now. And if I look at the UFC, well, I mean, now he's a welterweight. So, he's. I don't think he really has a shot to... Have any well any significance in terms of title implications, whatever it is in the future. Now I need to look up the UFC welterweight rankings. Let's see divisional rankings. Walter Welterweight. So now, Leon Edwards obviously the champion. Uh, then goes Kamara Usman. He's not going to beat him. Colby. He's not going to beat him. Hamza, not going to beat him. Gilbert, not going to beat him. Like, that's the top five. I don't think he can beat Wonder Boy, Sean Brady, or Shavkat Rachmanov, which rounds out the top ten. So, it uh, doesn't. Let me see. Does it go past top ten? No. Whatever this page is doesn't show the top 15. And I'm not going to go to UFC.com to see because just this top 10 alone he should be in the mix if he was you know relevant or not i wouldn't say not relevant but going up a weight class to improve upon like not cutting being healthier pre-fight doing the things right like i do not see him progressing at all in welterweight to where he even cracks the top 10 which is kind of sad to see because he did go on the 12 fight one streak he did have the five attempts at trying to fight habib which i don't think at any time during that run tony tony would have probably retired if um, he fought khabib let's just be real like it's not even me being a khabib super fan it's like you watch him fight justin gagey how he tuned up uh, how Justin tuned um, Tony up. And then what Khabib did to Justin, whether you believe he didn't want to break his arm or not, um, what he did to Justin, what Khabib would have done to Tony would have been 10 times worse. Like, he just doesn't have it. And people say the elbows are random. is like he, they've been saying that for the past five fights. And Nate. Played around so much during the fight that I was like, even Nate thinks this is a joke. Now, Ferguson is an OG. He's a game fighter. He will go to the very end. But that should not... Like, I hate when people try to bringing heart and determination into fighting. It's because it's one-on-one fighting. If you didn't have any heart or determination, yeah, maybe you could go through the motions and look bad, but it's like nobody's tougher than the person who is in the ring. Like, you are there. You are tough. You are willing to fight another grown man for your paycheck as your job. I don't see how having heart, like... Pushes you up in the company. Now, he did the company a favor, saving the card. You know, I wouldn't say Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson carries a lot of weight. But a lot of the people that probably wanted to not buy the card, they're like, man, I want to see how this ends up. Probably ended up buying the card and being really disappointed like I I was. Because this is what was going to happen. It I didn't see any other way it could have went. Like, Nate Diaz was just going to strike him to death because he's a cardio master. And he said he had trained, like, all ground techniques. So the first time he shot down, he basically put him on his back and choked him out. Like, that was it. So, overall, I thought the fight card was good, though. Real entertaining. Uh, A lot of the stuff, like, Johnny Walker getting submission... Irene Aldona with the upcake, uh, the controversy with Lee G. Liang and, and oh buddy, what's his name? Daniel Rodriguez, yeah. And then with Hamza blowing through Kevin like we thought would happen and Nate Diaz winning, you know, at the end of the day it kind of felt like all the things that were supposed to happen, happened. And now we're just looking forward to the next card, which this one could be good. Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yudong. Corey Sanhagen is like the best bantamweight that's not a champion, in my opinion, right now. With Song Yudong challenging him, that's going to be a good match. Um, we'll see if Corey's jiu-jitsu can get over um, Song striking Giga Chikatse versus Sadiq Yusuf. That could be a good striking match. Um, let's see what else is on this card. Uh, looks pretty pedestrian for the non... Um, the non-superfan. Aspen Lab versus Sarah McMahon. That's a classic. Um, Trevin Giles versus Lewis Costco. Uh, Yeah, nothing too... Nothing too crazy coming up. It looks like Mackenzie Dern versus... Uh, I can't pronounce this young lady's name. It's a Chinese name, and I'm not going to try to uh, mess that up. But her first name, or her surname is Yan... I think Yan Xiaonan. Now, don't crucify me if I got that wrong. Cody Garvin's coming back to to fight, I hope... He's doing a lot better. I don't want him to see. I don't want to see him get knocked out again. Um, It's it's always sad to see whenever a fighter was doing great and then all of a sudden he just kind of loses it. But the next UFC pay per view is the one we're all waiting for: Charles Oliveira versus Islam Mahachev. Jermaine Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw, Peter Young versus Sean O'Malley. Benil Darius comes back into action after his injury against Mateus Gamrat. Caitlin Chukagian, the only person that kind of gave Shevchenko a challenge at first, <laughs> versus Manon Fiorat, should be a good fight. And the prelims on that, Bala Mohamed Mahal- versus Sean Brady. Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos. Volkan Osmir versus Nikita Kralov. Zubaira Tukogov versus Lucas Almeida and Magomit Mustafayev versus Jimmy Malarkey. This whole card, top to bottom, is all either top level, going to be title challengers, or people that are plus top 10. So October was 22nd is the next big card where everyone's going to go crazy for. So... That's just my thoughts on the UFC 279 last night. Pretty crazy, but at the end, it was kind of all expected for what was supposed to happen. Um, I hope Nate Diaz does well in his retirement from actual UFC and him moving on to other sports. Hopefully, um, it's not boxing <laughs> because he's not going to be able to box with anybody at 170 pounds. Um, Tony Ferguson. I don't know what's going to happen to him. Um, he just didn't look that good out there. Uh, hope he does well. And, and he gets some you know good fights that he can end on. To round out his career in the UFC. Wonder what's going to happen to Hamzat. Um, I mean Kevin Holland. This doesn't really do much to his ranking or or how people feel about him because again he's still there pretty good on a day's notice when i mean good is not losing within the first 10 seconds like some people that actually prepare for hamza um and johnny walker i hope he gets on the up and up and he continues his winning ways you know because he was that guy who was supposed to beat John Jones, and unfortunately, that kind of pressure or. Um, that kind of pressure or. Or just the mystique of fighting John Jones when he was in his prime, it puts a lot of thoughts in and wants in your head. And he, if you bypass anybody, you're not going to get far in the UFC because everyone's liable to knock you out. But. Either way, those are my thoughts. Um, I'll have a regular podcast this week and it it won't be pure UFC related. I like doing these because this is something I really enjoy um, other than grass and plants. And I really can't talk about that on a podcast. I have to (laughs) show these in video. But um, this is Uncle Phil watching the UFC every Saturday it's on. Anytime there's a fight, you know I'm watching. So I'll let at you guys later.